0: Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in the book of Revelation, the fifth chapter, the fifth verse. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus. And I think we'd all agree that this is a good Sunday morning in the month of December. And I'm sure that, as all of us know, we are in the Advent season, that period prior to Christmas, and this is the second Sunday of four Sundays in the Advent season. The word Advent, as you know, means the coming and it refers to Jesus as the coming one. And the idea of the Advent season is that we are to use these four Sundays to get ourselves ready for the celebration of Christmas. And this is exactly what we are doing each Sunday. And as you know, we are taking one Sunday at a time and asking the question, What child is this? Who is this child whose birthday we are getting ready to celebrate? And then we are turning to the Word of God and we are looking for an answer as to just who this child is. And as we are in this season and again you notice that this morning in the colic like we said stir up our hearts O lord And that reminds us of our grandmothers telling us this is the time when we must stir up our Christmas cookies and our Christmas cakes and we must get ready. But this morning we want to get spiritually ready so that when Christmas comes, it will be a grand spiritual experience for all of us. Last Sunday, you recall, we asked Simon Peter, the big fisherman from up Galilee Way, we said, Simon Peter, what child is this? And you recall that he answered by quoting Moses and he said, well, this child is no less than a prophet like Moses, he is greater than the greatest prophet of the old testament he is the indispensable one peter reminded us last sunday if he had not come no one would see life and salvation today we are turning to the book of revelation and we're getting our answer and we're finding it in a vision that john had when he looked up into the heaven and he saw one of the elders one of the 24 elders speaking to him and the elder said to John weep not he said behold the lion of the tribe of Judah and this morning as we look at this child the manger child we say to her so what child is this then the elder in heaven in this vision says do you want to know just who this child is this child is no less than the lion of the tribe of judah you and i may say what does that mean he is the lion of the tribe of judah well in the word of god the lion is the symbol of the victor he is the symbol of the conqueror he is the symbol of the winner in other words the elder says to you and me why this child is no less than the lion of judah he is the victor he is the one that's coming out on top at the end He is the one that is going to be the winner. He is the one that is going to be the conqueror. He is the one who will pay off with life and salvation. You can simply stake your life on that promise. He is going to be there. He is no less than the Lion of Judah. And you and I may say it's pretty hard to believe that this little manger child of Bethlehem, whose birthday we're getting ready to celebrate, that he is the Lion of Judah, that he is the conqueror, the victor, he's the winner, and that he's going to be there at the last day and he's going to pay off. He's coming out on top. His will be the honor and his will be the glory. We may say, oh, there's such a difference. My, what a contrast between this babe in the manger and the Lion of Judah we may say where is there any evidence where is there any showing where is there any basis where is there any ground for believing that this manger child of Bethlehem is no less than the Lion of Judah may I assure you that again the elder would remind you and me and assure us in the first place that this babe this child this Lion of Judah was no doubt no less than the line of Judah that had been prophesied. We may say, where did the expression line of Judah come from? Well, here we are in the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, and it refers back to a prophecy in the first book in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, about 1800 years before Christ came into the world. Here is a direct reference to a prophecy that was made. It occurred down in Egypt. Recall the story of Joseph when he was down in Egypt, and then finally when he made him to Egypt. And there it was that finally Father Jacob was ready to die and he lined up his 12 sons in front of him. That was quite an occasion because he was led by the Holy Spirit to prophesy and to bless each one of the sons. And this is some of the amazing things that you and I find. That he passed over Reuben and Simeon and Levi and he came to the fourth son who was called Judah. And when he spoke to Judah he said, Judah, you are a lion's wealth. You are a lion's cub yours in other words is going to be the tribe that is going to be the leader yours is going to be the conquering tribe and you and i may say i wonder why god in thomas the savior ever picked him as a hebrew and then we may say i wonder still why with 12 sons of jacob why it had to be judah you see if we get the name jew from judah why wasn't it Reuben or Simeon or Levi or Ishtar or Dan or Gad or Naphtali? And why wasn't it again, uh, whether it was Ephraim or Manasseh or Joseph or Benjamin? How does it come that it was Judah? That Judah was the lion's well, Judah was the lion's covenant. These are the inscrutable things we don't understand. But Jacob, about 1800 years before Jesus came, prophesied that again Judah which was the lion's well that the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And we know that this Jesus, this babe of Bethlehem, he was born of the Virgin Mary and she was of the tribe of Judah. And even though Joseph was not his regular father, he was the foster father. Joseph also was from the tribe of Judah. When you read the genealogies in Matthew, which again gives Joseph, which was legal, and in Luke gives Mary, you and I must say, why this child was no less than from the tribe of Judah. He was a Hebrew. He was a Jew. He was the lion. And the elder tells John, Behold, he says, the lion from the tribe of Judah. And therefore, again, because this babe was no less than that lion from the tribe of Judah, you and I can know this, that he is the victor, he is the conqueror, he is going to stand at the last day, he's coming out on top, he is going to fulfill his promise of eternal life and everlasting salvation in him, even though we may say, my, what a contest, is there any basis? And then the elder would remind you and me also that this child, this line of duty, he conquered at Calvary. We may say, what a contrast between the babe and the lion of Judah. But let us know this, that this babe went to Calvary and again there was Satan and who again and wicked men who fought against him and brought about his death. But this babe of Bethlehem, this lion was the victor because in that death on Calvary, you and I know, he atoned for the guilt and the sins of the entire world. And he raised himself from the dead and proclaimed himself the victor. This is the one, he is no less than the Lion of Judah. He is the victor, he is the conqueror, he is the winner. He's coming out and he will stand at the last day and he will fulfill his promise of eternal life. You and I can stake our lives on it because he conquered at Calvary the greatest reversal in human history when Satan rejoiced and the angels of hell rejoiced thinking that it was all over with nevertheless jesus the line of judah he conquered at calvary and this elder would remind you and me and assure us that this babe of bethlehem this line of judah he prophesied that before his coming the age would be characterized by wars and by rumors of wars and that's unthinkable isn't it rather strange this line of judah said one day before I come again, this age will be known by wars and rumors of wars. And oh, how the human race has said, well, wars are ridiculous. Wars are absolutely something that you can't justify. Why in the world would any nation want to wage war? And after World War I, you remember the world said, this will never happen again. But I recall when I was in Europe, when I was over in Geneva, Switzerland, and I took a picture of a plaque on the side of a hill where it said, Here was started the League of Nations under Woodrow Wilson. And you remember Woodrow Wilson said oh, that with this League of Nations there would never be another war. But this babe of Bethlehem, this line of Judah, oh, this victor said, I want you to know that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Not only did we fight a World War One, we fought a World War Two, and then came the war in Korea, and then came the war in Vietnam, and you and I are hearing, and here we have one Cambodia being invaded, and here we have Pakistan and India at one another's throats, and we are reading about the Arab nations led by Egypt, and they are organizing, and we say to ourselves, isn't this the strangest thing, that war, no one ever benefits, and war is an atrocious thing, and it's a horrible, a damnable thing. But you know, this babe of Bethlehem, this line of Judah said, that I want you to know that in the period till I come again, it will be characterized by wars and rumors of war. You know, I think he is just what he says that he is the line of judah he is the winner i think he knows what he's talking about and the elder would remind you and me also that this line of judah this babe of bethlehem he prophesied that the gates of hell would never prevail against his church oh he stood up on a mountain in galilee and he had about 500 followers in front of him that's all he had when he left but it was this babe of bethlehem that said and the gates of hell shall not overcome my church. And you and I look out in this period and we say, he is the Lion of Judah. Why, the most thinkable thing we would say, why, his church should be dead long ago. Look at those who have no use for it. Look at the Christian church today, how many are running away from it, and how many are saying it isn't popular anymore to be a Christian. Christianity is dead. This is the post-Christian era. But this babe of Bethlehem, this lion of Judah prophesied, my church is going on. I am the lion of Judah. I am the victor. I am the winner. And therefore I'm going to come through and I'm going to fulfill my promise of eternal life and everlasting salvation. The church of Jesus Christ goes on and it still exists today. You and I ask for evidence. We ask for some kind of substantiation that this babe is no less than the lion from the tribe of Judah. The winner and Jesus says, you want evidence? My church, it is still in existence well, oh, I know many are crying, and many are becoming disconsolate, and even many preachers are running away and saying, it's all over, we've been backing something that isn't going to succeed. But the line of Judah said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Then he also said this, as he prophesied, and the elder would remind you of me that this babe of Bethlehem, this line of Judah, he prophesied, that, again, his gospel would be preached as a witness to all nations. Who would have ever thought of anything like that? This little babe of Bethlehem one day said that this good news of my kingdom is going to reach every nation under heaven. And we say to ourselves, why that's unthinkable? Who would ever want to hear the gospel? Who would ever want to hear? What's good news about, again, this line of Judah dying on the cross? But he said one day, you know, this leader, this lion of Judah, he said, they're going to preach it to the ends of the earth. And rather strange in our 20th century, even though, again, some are talking about the death knell of the Christian church. In our age, we are seeing what is happening with radio. We are seeing what is happening with television. We are seeing what is happening, that there are those who are saying, we're going to finish it in our generation that the gospel of Jesus Christ shall reach every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth. And in our 20th century, in the tremendous translations that are coming out of the word of God, we are seeing something that is grounds and evidence that this babe of Bethlehem, whose birthday we're getting ready to celebrate, he is no less than the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the victor. He's going to stand and all glory and honor will be his And he's coming through. He's going to be on top and he is going to fulfill the great promise of eternal life that he has made to you and me and to all who believe in him. The angel would remind you and me also as again we look up into the vision and here he is again, the elder sitting on the throne, one of 24, reminding us that this babe, this child, is no less than the lion of Judah for the very reason... That he has made this prophecy that his people, his race, shall not perish from the earth until he comes back. You notice in the gospel lesson this morning, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. That word generation also has the meaning of race. This little babe, this lion of Judah, this winner, this conqueror said, I want you to know this that until I come again, my race of people shall never pass away from the earth. In other words, there will be Jews on the face of the earth until the end of time. Hitler tried genocide, didn't he? And you and I think of the gas chambers of Buchenwald and Dachau in Germany. You and I may think this morning of somewhere between six million and seven million Jews being exterminated by gas because a man by the name of Adolf Hitler thought that he could eradicate the Jew from the scene of this earth. But there was a babe of Bethlehem whom the elder said, here is the line of Judah who said, oh no, my people shall last Till the end of time, because there is a Jew alive on the earth today. You and I can say to ourselves, "This babe of Bethlehem, he is no less than the line of Judah. He is the conqueror." If you want evidence, if you want a guarantee, just look at a Jew. He stands as an immutable and absolute evidence that this babe of Bethlehem is the lion from the tribe of Judah. He's the winner. He's the victor. He is the one who is the conqueror, who's coming through. Have no doubt about it. You can stake your lives on this. The Again, Elder would remind you and me, because his people, his race, will endure to the end of time will never exterminate them. And the elder would also assure you and me that this babe who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, that he prophesied there would be martyrs in every generation in his cause. We may say, well, how about those who have been killed, those who have been persecuted because they bore the name of Christians? Can you reconcile that with the fact that you say that this babe of Bethlehem is the lion, the conqueror of the tribe of Judah? Yes, because this babe said, this is the way it's going to be. There will be marchers. You remember he told the disciples, he said, they'll throw you out of their synagogues and they'll kill you. And when they do it, they think they're doing God a service. But he said, The cup will finally be filled with martyrs. Rather strange, isn't it, that the word witness for Christ is the Greek word martyr. And that martyr and witness are the same thing, but those that witness so often, they become martyrs. And I'd say, well, who'd ever expect that anybody who's a Christian is going to be martyred for his faith? When we read of Joe Stalin in Russia... When we read of the millions of Christians that that man exterminated, we say, why? Why would anybody want to put a Christian to death? We say, that's something that we can't understand. But the babe of Bethlehem, the Lion of Judah, said, this is the way it's going to be. And I want you to know, because I'm telling you that ahead of time, you can know that I am the Lion, I am the Conqueror. And I'm coming, and you can stake your life on this. Why do they kill Christians? It's rather strange, isn't it? Christians who would have the goodwill of others, who would want to do kindness and mercy to others. A Christian stands as a monument to the man who rejects Jesus Christ. But if the Christian, and in what he believes, if he's true, the man without Jesus Christ is damned, and that burns people up. That's what makes them hate you and me as a Christian, because we stand... As symbols of eternal death to a man that rejects Jesus Christ. We're getting ready for Christmas. We're asking ourselves, so oh, what child is this? And the elder in the vision to John says, Why, this child, why, he is no less well, than again, he's the lion of Judah. You and I may say, You mean to say that this babe of Bethlehem that in this 20th century that I can believe that he's coming again and that as the line he's going to be the winner, he's coming out on top, he's going to be the victor, he is the conqueror and that he's going to come through and that he's going to fulfill the promise of eternal life and everlasting salvation to every man that believe him, oh yes. Because the elder would assure you and me that uh, this babe, this line of Judah has told us that when Armageddon days seemed the darkest, When they seem the most hopeless, that's when you and I can expect him to come. Rather interesting, isn't it, about Armageddon. I stood in the fields of Armageddon, the place where we are told more human blood has been spilled than any other place on the face of the earth. Rather strange that in the book of Revelation it talks about again here shall gather the enemies of God. Rather strange isn't it that with all the focusing of attention we're wondering here is India and Pakistan and Pakistan is expecting China to help it and India is expecting Russia to help it but Armageddon in the Middle East and here you have the little kingdom of Jews and we say what's going to happen Goldie Mayer is in the United States now talking to our president and the world is rallying in communism and again the forces of hate and the forces against God well, they're rallying aren't they and you and I may say but you mean preacher this babe of Bethlehem Oh, that he is the Lion of Judah. I don't know about you, but I think this line of Judah, or this conqueror, and all the prophecies that he has made as conqueror, and in view of the fact that they're all fulfilled, and that he said, Ben, I'm going to come again, and I will be the victor. I don't know about you, but I think he's coming. And I think when he comes, to him will be all glory, And to him will be all honor, and every knee shall bow. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So he was proclaimed in heaven. He is the victor. He is the winner. He is the conqueror. This is the child whose birthday we're getting ready to celebrate. We ought to say to ourselves then on this second Sunday in Advent that if we're going to believe it, if we're going to say, why this child, according to the elder in heaven, is no less than the Lion of Judah, the conqueror, who's going to stand and vindicate himself, who is going to judge all nations, who is going to give eternal life to everyone who has believed in him. If you and I can accept that this morning, in getting ready for Christmas, we ought to say to ourselves, I'm going to stop singing the blues, and I'm going to drive out of my mind any thought of leaving off and leaving him go. Maybe despondency gets a hold of you and me at times, and we say, uh, what's it all about? What's the use of going on? Why believe in Christ? Nothing's going to happen. But don't forget, here is the lion of the tribe of Judah. There is no place for despondency on the basis of what he said. He may seem like a small, inconsequential babe in Bethlehem, but don't forget the heavens have declared that he is no less than the lion from the tribe of Judah. We're ready for Christmas. When again we can say, I'm going to hold on. Then I'm wondering this. Why is it in your Christian life and mine, if we're on the side of the winner, we've got every evidence that we are, why can't we display some of that joy? And again, some of that real enthusiasm in our Christian life, that we're on the side of the winner. How does it come that so often, even in our stewardship, we resent it, don't we? Do we realize that in our stewardship, what we give for him and for his cause We're on the side of the winner. You can't lose. Where is this enthusiasm? When you and I put our faith in him, we're on the winning side. Have we forgotten? When you and I go out and we show mercy and kindness and sympathy and help to our fellow man, is there this enthusiasm? We're on the side of the winner. We're on the side of the one that isn't going to lose. Here is the lion from the tribe of Judah. He's coming again. He's going to vindicate himself. There's no doubt about it. He is the great lion. He is the winner of the conqueror. And if you and I can believe that this morning, then we ought to determine to do this. We ought to be eternal optimists. I know it looks pretty bleak and dark when you look out on the world and you say, for God's sake, haven't we ever learned to do away with war? You look out on the world this morning and it's just ready to blow up, isn't it? And you go over to Ireland and you go to the Middle East and the Far East and you go into India and we say, what's wrong? But there was a line of Judah that said, when it's the darkest, when again you think in your generation, this is Armageddon, don't forget I'm, I'm coming again. What's the difference? The elder said to John, weep not. What are you crying about, John? Don't you know that here is the lion from the tribe of Judah? We've got a lot to cry about. But we can dry our tears, can't we, because... This babe, he's the lion, the conqueror. And he's given us every evidence. He, again, is going to come out on top. We're on the winning side. When we're on the winning side, nothing else matters. Then we're ready for Christmas because Christmas will be a foretaste of the great blessing of eternal life that he will give you and me at that day. Oh a foretaste of heaven That's what Christmas ought to be I was reminded of that this last week I was visiting one of our members Who was scheduled to undergo Very serious surgery And as we talked about this He looked at me and he said There's one thing that I regret about this That is that I'm going to miss the Christmas services. Then he shed a few tears and he looked me straight in the eye and he said, I want to ask a favor of you. Will you do something for me? And I said, I'll do anything in the world I can do for you. Then he said, I hope you don't think that I'm a baby. And I hope you don't think that I'm just too sentimental. But he said, there's one thing I would want you to do for me. I said, what's that? He said, I want a sack of candy from the children's Christmas service. He cried, you don't know what that means to me. He said, that goes back to my earliest childhood. There was never any candy like the candy I got at church for Christmas. He said, I don't care what it costs. He could pay a thousand for a sack of that candy if he wanted to. But he said, I want a sack of that candy. I've never had candy that ever tasted so good. This, he says, is what Christmas means. And I said to him, you'll get a sack of candy. That will be my personal joy to see that you, you get it. He said,
1: as a little child, this was a
0: foretaste of heaven. that I went to church. And I got some candy. And I looked at him and I said, I don't think you're a baby. I said, I want you to know I've been in the ministry for 40 years. And I said, in all the 40 years, there's never been a Christmas. But what, the kids got candy? And I said, they will as long as I'm in the ministry. Because this is what it meant to me as a kid. There was never any candy. This was a foretaste of heaven to me as a child, to get candy at Christmas. And in the 40 years in my ministry, there's never been a kid that's gone home from a service what he got a sack of candy. Someday, when you forget all about me and you forget that I was ever minister, maybe some of you will say, Well, he was the guy, though, that saw to it when I was a kid. I got some candy at church at Christmas, greatest candy in all the world. That to me as a child, it was sort of a foretaste of heaven. That's Christmas. When you and I can say, "This is the line of Judah. This is a foretaste of heaven." That you and I can gather ourselves and look down at Him, and we can say, "Mine eyes have seen the glory. I've seen the glory of this Christ Child. Why, He is what the elders said. He is no less than the line of the tribe of Judah. Mine eyes have seen." His glory, that you and I can shout, glory, hallelujah. May yours be a very merry Christmas. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, keeping unites your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.